Welcome back to another episode here on Viewpoints. I am your host, Jordan Boyles, and I'm here with our student pastor, Sean Williams. How you doing? Good to be here, Jordan. I'm doing good. good to How are you, man? Yeah, good to have you. I've been good, man. Um, as you can tell, Pastor John is not with us. He is on a family vacation. So, but it's always what a blessing. Good. Yeah, what a blessing. <laughs> it's always good to get insight, though. I think um, was it last week we did one together? Uh, I think maybe two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. First okay. week of the series. Now I think this is week three. Very cool. Yeah. So obviously we're still in um, heart check, and so Sean, if you could just give us a recap to kind of refresh our minds about the parable of the sower. Yeah. So. The past few weeks, uh, we've been looking at the series Heart Check, and it's all on uh, this parable of the sower, one of Jesus' teachings. It's mm-hmm. in three out of the four Gospels, um, and usually in the Bible when something is repeated, uh, particularly throughout the Gospels, there's it's important. It, it <laughs> needs some more attention. You yeah. know, we, got, we got to pay attention to, to what the teaching is, and this is a really powerful parable. Um, it would have been right up people's alley yeah. in that time in the agrarian society, and I think we can really draw a lot from it now. But mm-hmm. the the message of the parable is there's the soil and there's the seeds, and the, the farmer, he's, he's spreading the seeds throughout all the ground. Every yeah. bit of the ground receives a seed, and the condition of the soil depends on how well the seed grows. Uh, you know, there's some soil that's just kind of the path, mm-hmm. and so it never even gets into the soil whatsoever, and it says that, uh, birds just come and kind of like snatch it up or yeah. it gets trampled on as people are walking down the path. Um, there's the soil that is kind of rocky and shallow that can take root and like spring up really quickly. But as soon as the hot sun hits it, it fades away because the root isn't deep. Uh, and then there's the soil that we're kind of talking about this week, which uh, describes that as this seed is growing up, these thorns and these weeds grow up with it and they actually mm-hmm. choke out the seed. Gotcha. Uh, and then the, there's always the, you know, the healthy soil which allows the seed to grow uh, and then to become fruitful and to produce, I think it even says like 30, 60, or 100-fold, I think is wow. how it's described, uh, of you know producing that fruit. And so those are the four different kinds of soil. And the parable is really talking about um, how God's word and how the gospel message grows in people's hearts and in people's lives. And mm-hmm. so uh, whereas the condition of the soil uh, is a determining factor in the growth of the seed, the condition of our hearts is a determining factor in the growth of God's word in our lives. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's take a, a dive in on the soil. I know that we're going to be spending a lot more time on like the thorns and the weeds throughout it. Um, what might it look like in a person's life when that is happening? When we see it's like the thorny ground and and, and choking. You know, what, what have you? When you look at someone, is it? Are you able to tell that that's happening in their life where it's kind of being choked? Or I mean, what's your experience with that? Yeah, I think sometimes you can get an idea that that might be happening whenever you have uh, in the student ministry, whenever there's maybe a, a young man or a young woman who uh, is kind of seeking this, the advice on the same topic mm-hmm. over and over again. It's like, okay, well, something is choking out whatever they're, whatever they're hearing. There's something that's choking that out before they put it into practice. If they're coming back about the same thing over and over again, I think that's a way that it can kind of be evident. Um, but I really want to look, uh, you know, in there's three different places in the gospel that the story is told. And in Mark uh, chapter 4, verse 7, uh, it says, you know, this seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants mm-hmm. so that they did not bear grain. And then as Jesus is explaining this to his disciples in verses 18 and 19, he says, still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Wow. And so as Jesus was explaining this, he's talking about 
just all the other things that might take up space on someone's priority list. Yeah. Uh, it could be just the worries, like the busyness, the I got to get this done, I got to get this done, I got to get this done. And you leave church on Sunday, maybe filled up. And then as soon as that Monday morning schedule hits, it kind of chokes out mm-hmm. all of that growth that was started on that Sunday. Yeah. And that can be a really cyclical thing. Um, and it can be really damaging to our walk and our faith as it literally comes to choke it out. And I think it, how it looks in someone's life is um, whenever maybe they're a different person on Sunday than they are throughout the week, that this might be an indicator that there are some things choking out some of the good work that God is doing in their heart and yeah. some of the growth that they might be seeing otherwise. And um, I think this is one of those that it's easier to maybe see in someone else than to be aware of in yourself. Yeah. Uh, and oh, that's good. That's, I think, the big part of this series is that it's a heart check. And mm-hmm. this is not like this is understanding, hey, we are going to God, who is the great physician. It's like we're not the doctor in the situation checking on other people's hearts. We're the patient. Yeah. Like, we're here for the appointment. Like what what is the condition of our heart? What's the condition of my heart? And I think we've got to be honest about what is taking up space in our priority list and what might be interfering or taking away from the work that God is doing in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, this message is all over the New Testament. Uh, the Many of the apostles and the disciples in their letters write about uh, getting rid of the desires of the flesh and then clothing ourselves with the desires of the spirit, like taking off wickedness and putting on righteousness. Um, I think that is part of getting those thorns and kind of weeding the garden a little bit in our hearts. Yeah. And in First uh, Peter chapter 2, um, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. And so I really think that this is uh, a description and it ties right into Jesus' teaching that these sinful desires, this deceitfulness of wealth, the worries of life, that these are the kind of things that they're choking out the word, but it's so much more than that. Like it's it's war against your soul. Like these are things that wants you to be destroyed mm-hmm. and and want to destroy the work that God's trying to do. And so it can look at like all kinds of different things in people's lives. It could be a sin struggle. It could just be a busy work week. It could yeah. be um, just misplaced priorities. Yeah. Or, what's that scripture? Uh, it's like the little foxes that ruin the vine. Something that we're not really yeah. like, yeah. oh, it's, it's not a big deal, that type of thing. Yeah. And, and this, I think this is part of the thing that would make this parable so powerful in its mm-hmm. time is that people understand if your livelihood is on a crop, yeah. you got to do something about the weeds. Wow. Um, and the same is true today. You know, I, I've got a student uh, and his family does a lot of farming. And, and I had asked him before, he's like, you know, once you plant, that's not the end of this. That's not the end of the work. Mm-hmm. You got to go back in. You got to spray for bugs. You got to spray for weeds. You've sure. got to get out there every single day and do the work to make sure that that crop is bountiful because uh, things want to choke it out. Yeah, absolutely. You talked a lot about... Um, honesty, which I love. What do you think are some practical ways? And and this is so tough for me. I might be throwing a wrench at you, but so many times, like as Christians, we always want to try to prove a point with scripture. Hmm. And a lot of times, you know, me and you've had conversations that doesn't really, really work, especially if you're talking to someone that's like an atheist or yeah. something like that. But if we understand whether, whether it's people in general or Christians that are going through a season of the word is not being planted or there is this choking um, season, uh, how would you how would you help them to get back on a path or understanding like, hey, you got some things in your life that you need to deal with? Like what would you yeah. tell that person to get back on that path? 
Yeah, and I really like this question because I think it's it's so easy uh, to as ministers, I think, to sometimes go on autopilot mode. Yeah. And we almost make assumptions that if people are talking to us about their problems, because they want to hear about the Bible. Right. Uh, but that's really not the case. Well, um, and chapter John after. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you about what Job says. Like, <laughs> But um, something that I try and keep fresh in my mind and something that I try and talk to our students about mm-hmm. and anyone who might find themselves in a position where they're discipling somebody or helping somebody go through something is, look, if somebody hasn't claimed to be a follower of Jesus then you can't expect them to be following the Bible. Right. You've got to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody is saying like, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, then that comes with accountability gotcha. because I'm saying this is the foundation of my life. That's good. And that opens up the conversation for accountability and for authenticity, not as a condemnation, not as a judgment, but as a, hey, I want you to be fruitful mm-hmm. and I want to make sure your life is also pointing other people towards Jesus, which is the goal of the gospel. Yeah. But if somebody isn't in that place... If there isn't a presence of the word in their hearts, if it's not growing, if there's other things that are going on, I think a good farmer would tell you that you got to spend some time and attention on the soil before you plant. Yeah. Um, That sometimes it's just getting down in the trenches with somebody, just being there with them and for them, being a listener instead of an advice giver, uh, being a friend, being consistent, uh, and just being this representation of Jesus's love and his grace of how we would meet people in as-is condition is how I like to put it, that in as-is condition. You're not waiting on them to make some big statement of salvation or of faith before you start making an investment in their life, that you start investing Mm -hmm. as a friend um, and as a listener, as maybe even somebody that that they can just vent to sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then as you do that, uh, they they might not even realize that you're pointing them towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then from there, you know, you start talking about and you can even draw their attention to, hey, how might that be hurting you, do you think? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes people arrive at that conclusion automatically because I believe the soul of every person longs for a savior. Yeah. Um, and just sometimes it's hard to recognize it at a time. But I think if you can invest in somebody in the condition that they're currently in, uh, then you're preparing the field to plant and you're preparing that soil to really be fruitful. Yeah. We talk a lot about planting, but we don't talk a lot about plowing and actually like what you said, just like yeah. digging in the drenches and stuff like that. Um, you also mentioned when we first started about, you know, um, the, the multiplication of when that seed takes root, would you say that people that love to share Christ and, um, and I've talked about this with, you know, uh, Chris too, is like when you love someone or you you talk, when you, when you're close to someone, you're going to talk about that person. Would you say that's Mm -hmm. a really good indicator too, that they have a really good soil of man, that person just loves Jesus. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the. The Bible would say that the words and the deeds of a person flow from the contents of their heart, mm. right? So what do you talk about and what do you do? Yeah. What are your words? What are your actions? If they're about Jesus, then there's that's probably a good indicator yeah. uh, that Jesus is sitting on the throne of their heart yeah. and that that's what's leading their life and their decisions. And this isn't a 100% of the time thing. Like you can be a Christian and you can have hobbies, you can have Absolutely. interests, you can have conversations Absolutely. about other things. That's... In no way is that mutually exclusive to being a follower of Jesus. Um, But I think it is a good indicator of what that fruitfulness and that multiplication looks like is Mm -hmm. that you almost can't help it. Yeah. When you really understand the deepness and the depth really of of Jesus's love for you, that will overwhelm your heart. And the Bible says that you'll overflow with that love and that hope in the world that you won't even be able to put a lid on it. Sure. It's just going to happen in your conversations and in your life. 
Love it. What, what do you think the bottom line is when it comes to the growth of God's word being implemented into our hearts or in, in our life, our daily walk? I think really this has kind of been a theme of the whole year here at Crestview is uh, this Jesus first mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, that when, when we're talking about the bottom line, uh, I think about the foundation of the house, um, the strength of the foundation it's a determining factor in the structure and the stability of the house. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at soil, like it's, and the growth of a plant, I mean, what's the foundation of the soil? What's the richness and the condition of the soil? And and putting Jesus first is how we condition our hearts um, to see that growth and to receive the blessings that are promised will come along with it. The peace and the comfort that people are longing for that can only be satisfied in Jesus we got to put Jesus first and then receive those as part of that blessing of doing so. It's not a condition. It's not a, if you do this, I'll give you this. It's just a byproduct of understanding how deeply loved you are by the Savior. Yeah. And as you do that, it shot, it just sheds this light and this perspective on the things that are harmful to your soul. Yeah. Um, these sinful desires of the flesh, the temptations of the world, uh, the busyness of life, the like Jesus said, the deceitfulness of wealth, these things that mm-hmm. we're told to chase. Um, whenever we are putting Jesus first and have him on the throne of our heart, we really start to see those things for what they are. And I think that's how those thorns get removed. Now, this is an ongoing process. Uh, the Apostle yeah. Paul in Second Corinthians talked about how many times he prayed for God to remove the thorn from his side, mm-hmm. um, but that it stayed there and that he recognized that this could still be something that God uses for good and that it can draw him nearer to Jesus in dependency. And so there is a part of that, but I think the bottom line when it comes to God's word growing in our life and being fruitful is just this answer to the question, is Jesus on the throne of your heart? In uh, Hebrews chapter 12, um, verses 1 through 3, I'm not going to read all of it, but just to summarize, it talks about how uh, we need to throw off the sin that can entangle us, or like Jesus said in the parable, that can choke us and choke us out. And then we run with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And I think that's the big picture is, man, if if we fix our eyes on Jesus in whatever scenarios we may be in throughout our day, in our workplace, in our families, in our relationships, are my eyes fixed on Jesus? If I step into a meeting, God, I'm looking for where you're at in this. I step into lunch, God, I'm looking for where you're at in this. I come home, God, I'm looking for where you are in this. My eyes are fixed on Jesus, then the thorns aren't choking me out. Love it. Oh, Sean, thank you so much. I think that's a, a perfect way to end it of what what we're focusing on is, and it needs to be Christ. Everything needs to be Christ-centered. So, But Sean, thank you again. Of course. As a listener, God bless. We'll see you next time.